Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Fan Effect, the best podcast about fan stuff that you'll ever find. It's sponsored by the uh, Larry H. Miller Megaplex Theaters, and it's the best place to see a movie in Utah. And fitting that we say that because we are going to be talking about one of the more anticipated movies, hopefully, of 2022. I think that we'll debate that also because, uh, well, we're going to talk about Fantastic Beasts, The Secrets of Dumbledore, and I'll explain what I mean in just a moment. Uh, I'm Andy Farnsworth. So welcome to this episode. Joining me, as always, is Kellyanne Halverson, my co-host. Hi, Kellyanne. Hey, Harry Potter. And back again for another episode is Natalie Molinay. <laughs> we love having her on. She is a known friend of the Fan Effect podcast. She also has a blog that you can check out where she explains things for people who don't get things about superhero stuff and whatnot. She learns it in the process sometimes. And that's the thing. That's one of the cool things about her blog is that she comes at it from, if you're not maybe as knowledgeable as myself. <laughs> <laughs> Such a just show kidding. off, Andy. No, I'm just kidding. But, you know, if you feel like maybe you're you're not swimming in the deep end with some of the topics, Natalie goes and finds it out and helps you understand so that when you do listen to podcasts like this or when you go see a Marvel movie or any kind of big pop culture movie, you can feel like you're not in the dark while everyone else in the theater is like, oh, and you're like, what? Exactly. So that's where Natalie comes from. <laughs> and, and that's we're the glad Pop Knowledge blog. Right? Yes, you okay. can follow me on Instagram, too. That's I post it on there, too. So you don't yeah. have to find the blog. And Natalie knows stuff and has opinions. And sometimes she even expresses them. We've been working on that over the last few episodes. <laughs> no, Natalie's great. And it was good to have you. And all right, well, let's let's get into this. I imagine that you're all wondering why you find yourselves here. From this moment forward, each of us has been assigned a role to play. If we're to defeat Grindelwald, you'll have to trust me, even when every instinct tells you not to. Dumbledore asked that I give you something, Jacob. Are you kidding me right now? <laughs> have to save the world, are we? Not to worry. We'll be perfectly safe. Our war with the Muggles begins! How will we fulfill our destinies and transform the world? So Fantastic Beasts, The Secrets of Dumbledore. Now, before we talk about the movie itself, we kind of have to set the table because in the four years, almost four years since The uh, Crimes of Grindelwald came out, a lot has gone on in the actual world, as well as the Harry Potter world, as well as the creating a Harry Potter world. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a lot of a lot of fans disaffected by some comments that J.K. Rowling made. And to be fair, I mean, let's, we got to be honest here. Crimes of Grindelwald did not set the world on fire and no. almost no. derailed the franchise, depending on what you read and when. Monetarily, it didn't do as well as uh, the first Fantastic Beasts, and it was a huge drop-off from the actual Harry Potter series of films. Mm-hmm. So the question was, A, it was originally supposed to be a five-movie series, would it even get to five movies after the way number two did? And then B, what would we get? Like, where could the story go from where we got left off where um, Grindelwald is assembling followers? You know, Queenie has switched from the good side to the, the bad betrayal side. The everyone was so mad about. Uh, oh, Lita yeah. Lestrange is dead. So we're like, oh, Zoe Kravitz, great. Now she's not in it anymore. Mm-hmm. So she can make Catwoman in uh, the <laughs> Batman movie. I'm sure that's exactly why. No, but. You hear the word Lestrange, and you're like, oh, well, this character's going to stick around. Yeah. And then Important it wasn't. Name. But all of that happened. And, I mean, if you ask people, I, I know lots of people who are Harry Potter fans that say, you know, I'm not even sure I saw the last Fantastic Beasts movie. Or that said, yeah, I saw it, but I just remember not liking it very much. Like, it's just not memorable. Yeah. I think yeah. I only saw it once. I own it, but I only saw it once. I only saw it once. It was in the theaters, and that was actually the first podcast I joined you on, the first fan effect. Really? Was that and with Becky Bruce. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, and I think time. I only saw it the one time as well because I was just so heartbroken over Queenie. So. Well, and you know, we'll, we'll get into what yeah. happens with Queenie, but it just didn't do very well. Mm-hmm. And I believe, mm-hmm. I believe that it was a combination of things. It was a combination of... People who loved Harry Potter, not the Harry Potter series, but Harry Potter, the character and all the stuff that went with his lifetime. So everybody was kind of excited at first, but then there wasn't a lot of Dumbledore in the first movie. And then there was more Dumbledore in the second movie, but it was like different. And then it kept focusing on things that for what we'd spent a decade caring about as far as the Warner Brothers movies, 
really there wasn't a whole lot of it in the new ones. And it was getting to know new characters and getting to know situations and stories that we weren't familiar with. I liked it because for the first time in, you know, the, the whole movie series, everybody was on the same page. It didn't matter. There was no book to read. There was yep. no, like, you couldn't go into the movie, well, I've already read the book 17 times, and so I'm going to see what's in. And so for the first time, everybody, big fans and the casual fan could come in and say, I mean, you know, big fans obviously would recognize Easter eggs, but yeah. it wasn't like the big fans already knew that that Snape was going to turn, and that, that uh, you know, spoiling a movie from wow. 15 years wow, ago. Andy. But, you know, the, all the things that you knew from the books going in to watch the Harry Potter movies, mm-hmm. because they were sourced to the books. This is original stories from J.K. Rowling that we don't have any hard copy of to read and and study and understand beforehand. We just have to go in and see if we can figure out what's going on as it goes. I actually think it's a good idea. It's a good way to test J.K. Rowling's storytelling abilities in a different medium than the page. And you did have the first Fantastic Beast and Where to Find Him, but that one was just more of an introduction into the earlier Wizarding World than we get in the world of Harry Potter and kind of the magic and Newt's commander. It was, you have kind of that little introduction there. Right, but that's where everybody into comes into the same thing. Nobody knows. Mm-hmm. People knew who Newt's commander was, but, but what did we know about him? We knew ago. that mm-hmm. he wrote a book way back and that was used as a text. And, you know, Gellert Grindelwald gets mentioned in, uh, it must have been number six, the Half-Blood Half Prince. Prince. Yeah, when very it, crucial That he's there. still alive and he's in a prison. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that is also maybe what is hamstringing, or at least up to this point, has hamstrung the series, knowing that several of the key players of the Fantastic Beast series are going to make it alive to the Harry Potter era. Mm-hmm. It's the challenge of doing a prequel. Mm-hmm. What do you do with the characters who you know are going to survive? We know Dumbledore survives because he's in Harry Potter. We mm-hmm. know that Grindelwald survives because he's still alive when Voldemort's searching for the Elder Wand. Mm-hmm. We know that... Um, that uh, Porpentina and uh, Newt are married even before yeah. we actually meet them together. <laughs> so then this whole thing with Lita Lestrange and what, did they have a connection? It doesn't matter if they have a connection. It's not going to end well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It ended in her death in this particular case. Newt was able to learn from that. And but, mm-hmm. but we knew where it's going to end up. So that's the challenge with prequels. That means that the only characters who can be in mortal danger are the ones we've never heard of. So all the people they're introducing, they're the only ones we can feel like could actually die. Yeah. That hamstrings the story a little bit. So maybe it was all those factors together. Now, I think I, they also just didn't expand because like what I wanted to see in the Fantastic Beast series was an expansion in the Wizarding World. We got to go to New York, which is really cool to see like, you know, the Ministry of Magic in New York City. And then we got to kind of dabble a bit in Paris and Grindelwald. But um we just didn't get to learn a whole lot, you know, about the American Wizarding School and all these other places where mm-hmm. the Wizarding World might be. That's what I wanted to see in these movies was just more Wizarding you World. To go to Ilvermorny. Yeah, all the time. And but just to see more of that. I mean, it's fun to have the, you know, Hogwarts show up in the movies. You're like, yay, woohoo. Of course, but, everyone gets excited. And you hear the tune. Yeah, you hear the, you know, the do, 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 do. Because it's, it's nostalgia. Harry's but wondrous world. That's one thing that I feel like they didn't do great in Grindelwald is they didn't really expand on the universe. They just had this story that, like you said, we kind of knew where it what might lead to. But well, but we knew that Dumbledore couldn't die. We knew that Grindelwald couldn't yeah. die. We mm-hmm. knew that Newt couldn't die. So. You know, those are three main characters. Where's the danger? What? Well, I think it's not as much a danger as an intrigue of, okay, what really happened between Dumbledore and Grindelwald? What really happened to set up this world where Voldemort was able to step in? Um, And I think they did really good in the first movie to kind of expanding the universe, getting you into that magic, everything like that. The second one, I I think one of the reasons it, it kind of bombed was it didn't give as much of that magic it was just kind of a mini expansion like all you really did was go to paris and see it was basically the same um and so what i was looking for it was also dark it was so dark it was very dark dark. and that's okay you can have a dark chapter but if you have to hope but they also almost like it almost like it would have helped if people knew where the story was at least going because Mm -hmm. then but you think they i don't know know. we'll get into spoilers later on strikes back you didn't know what was going to happen and it's it's beloved now, but at the time, a lot of people were pretty ticked off. Mm-hmm. They were really ticked off at how it ended. Like, what? Oh, wow. You can't end a movie like this. See, I'm hoping something like that will happen because they were able to, uh, and we'll, we'll go more into spoilers later, but they were able to balance that a lot more in, in this third movie. You had yes. the magic of the Agreed. first, the peril of the second, but it's a lot more balanced and satisfactory. And, and a lot more comedic relief. A lot more comedic it, relief. Thank you, Jacob. <laughs> <laughs> Jacob and the one scene that you saw in the preview. Well, we'll talk about Jacob. Oh, my gosh, yes. Sure. Oh. We'll talk about Jacob for sure. All right, so that's the setup. Going in, um, 
The movie was delayed a couple of times between mm-hmm. pandemic and everything else. Actors switched. Um, uh, freaking well, Johnny and then, Depp. And that's an interesting so thing, too, because we'll talk about that later, is, is how do we think that the change in the actor who played Grindelwald from Johnny Depp to uh, Mads Mikkelsen was. Uh, but that was another thing. I mean, that's a major character mm-hmm. swap. And, you know, Johnny Depp has like a legion of fans. Mm-hmm. By the way, don't say anything bad or somehow it will get to them. <laughs> but, uh, no, I, I I like Johnny. So I do like Johnny. Yeah, Depp. I don't I, like Amber. But, but we'll, we'll talk about we'll it later, later. How I feel about but it. But at any rate, they change out the major villain. I mean, that was the title character of the mm-hmm. last movie was Grindelwald, mm-hmm. and so now we well, get then we to had Dumbledore. A pandemic in between, and the yep. world got what just as dark. What as happened? The what is this pandemic? What? What's For going a couple on? years, oh. stuff. <laughs> so like that totally <laughs> affected it. It will be interesting looking back in like twenty years of how the times affected the storytelling. So. But there was a lot of good. So let, let's mm-hmm. dive in. Let's talk. Let's start talking about, okay, uh, spoiler-free. I, the spoiler-free parts are boring for me because, <laughs> yeah. I mean, anybody can talk spoiler-free. It's harder to talk spoiler-free once you've actually seen the movie. But <laughs> essentially, let's go with uh, my, my thoughts of the movie just without giving away any story that we'll do after the break. But I really thought this was a course correction for the better. I, I wasn't really, you know, I didn't, I didn't think that Grindelwald was that great. The movie Grindelwald was that great. I really... Didn't think Johnny Depp was that great as Grindelwald even before the switch to Mads Mikkelsen, which I think is a huge improvement. Now, to be fair, he has played an evil wizard before in uh, Doctor Strange, but um, so I, I don't know how much different. I'd have to go rewatch Doctor Strange to see how Casilius compares to uh, to Grindelwald, but I think he's much better. It feels like a better foil for Jude Law's uh, Dumbledore. There was fun, you know. There was a there was a conspicuous absence of. At least of my memory of of humor and light in the in the second, the second one, one yeah. and, and it may have been deliberate to do, go darker, and that's fine. But I I just need humor. I need some lightness. I want to go see a movie. If I want to go to escape to a fantasy world, I don't need it to be heavy on me for two and a half hours. Mm-hmm. I need some levity, and I thought this one did a really good job of of balancing levity and danger. And and when we get into spoilers and romance, they just oh yes. It felt like this movie had a heart again, and mm-hmm. that helped. And maybe it's because we're the third chapter in a five-chapter series, and now we can put a lot more information together than we could have in the first two by themselves. But I felt very much more satisfied walking out of this movie than I did walking out of Grindelwald, and, and maybe even to some extent Fantastic Beasts, because Fantastic Beasts was just all trying to absorb what was new and what was going on. Now I remember who some of these people are. Mm-hmm. Now I remember what, you know, knowing about Jacob, so we can just jump right in and enjoy Jacob's personality. We don't have to try to explain who he is and all that stuff, even though they do give you some quick backstory in case I guess somebody's walking into this one without having seen the first two. But all of those things together made this a really positive experience for me. And I really liked the movie. Yeah, no, I I loved the message of the movie about you know being able to go back and fix your mistakes because Newt brings that up to Dumbledore. I won't. We'll yeah. talk about that later. But I loved that part. And more than Grindelwald, um, I think one thing I realized that I liked more in this movie is Grindelwald in The Secrets of Dumbledore is a much more menacing character. I feel like I was more afraid of him in The Secrets of Dumbledore, where in The Crimes of Grindelwald, his magic, of course, was going to affect the non-magic world. But you didn't believe that it was going to happen until The Secrets of Dumbledore. So you were really like, oh, the whole time and watching The Secrets of Dumbledore, you're like, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no, type of thing. And where the Grindelwald, I was like, well, you know, it's nothing bad is going to happen quite yet. You know, it doesn't really affect anyone yet. It just affects the wizarding world type thing. Plus, I didn't think he looked great with blonde hair when he was Johnny Depp. <laughs> no, I... <laughs> he looks better with we'll dark hair. <laughs> dark and gray hair. Yeah. That's not giving away anything. That's in the trailer. But, yeah, I... The, yeah, fan, the Secrets of Dumbledore is so much better, too. Not only because... You know, after you read the sixth and seventh Harry Potter book, you don't know. You have all these questions about Dumbledore. And, and since mm-hmm. then, I was always like, J.K. Rowling needs to write a book about Dumbledore because there's so much we don't know about him. And he's such an important person. And we get most, I'd say most of those questions answered in Secrets of Dumbledore, not all of them. But I think they might be able to do a fourth and fifth movie if they really wanted to. Mm-hmm. After, no, Depending I, how I, successful it, this goes. Yeah. yeah. But I think this will do a little better because mm-hmm. it's a more enjoyable movie in general. That will help a, a bunch. I think the positive word of mouth, whereas nobody really walked out of Grindelwald saying, oh, that was so good. I'm so glad that they're still doing this. Mm-hmm. I, I just know a lot of people who are like, eh, I might be done with Harry Potter world and everything. And that's, they just want to, we just, just want to solve these the couple books, things so, from you the know, movie. And yeah, I, that's I, I, I took the, mm-hmm. to the movie with me was my cousin who she loves, and she talks about this, she loves the books, the Harry Potter books mm-hmm. more than the movies. And so she's been kind of, 
you know, lukewarm on the Fantastic Beast series, but she walked out of this liking this one a lot. Mm-hmm. Too, yeah, that's so. the I think that's the struggle they're going to have is. Yeah, the word of mouth, because as much as I told people to go watch it, they're like, but I didn't like the second one, so why do I want to spend money to go see the third one? And it's like, Because yes, I've seen the third one, and it's better, that's why. <laughs> it's like better. you tell everyone, it's like, it's better. You're you, like, I'm, I'm not just saying this because I saw the trailer, I'm telling you because I saw the whole movie. Exactly, That's the. I think that's just where they're going to have to struggle, is mm-hmm. having people get over like not liking the second one. And some people didn't like the first one just because they're Harry Potter fans, and it had very little to do with. The How they see again. the wizarding world happening. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I Gee, think... you can have. <laughs> it's not just Star Wars fans who create the things. I'm just saying they build up the world the way they want to see the it, and they get mad when it doesn't go that way. The Potterheads and the Star Wars fans are there just the worst fans. I think for me, I really, really enjoyed this film. Um, it had the magic and the warmth of the first one and kind of the exploration of the lore and the history that you got in, in the first Fantastic Beasts. And a lot of that comedic interactions, like Jacob just is, is the star in it. I freaking love him so much. Um, That's and, fun because you get to live through him too. Right? <laughs> of course, Stop and we it. all are these muzzles want to be in the part of the Harry Potter world. But I also had some of that peril and the darkness and the, the the deeper meanings that they wanted to do in the second one, but it bounced it a lot better in this one. It actually had that light. It had that warmth. I like that, Andy, that you said it brought the heart back to it, which is so fantastic. And I don't know, anytime you put a magical creature in front of me, I want to learn about it. I want to I want to know more about it. So just, and you desperately want it to be real. And I desperately <laughs> want it to be real. Like, hello, I want a Niffler. Um, and so I really liked this film. Uh, I keep telling people, um, Go see it. Give it a chance. I loved it. I'm going to go see it again, definitely, while it's in the theaters. And just go give it a chance. I can't wait to dive deeper. I'm, like, biting my tongue. It's so... <laughs> yeah, go see it. I'm sorry. All right. Well, then let's not wait anymore. Let's take a break here for just a second, and you can dive deeper as soon as we get back on the other side. So if you haven't seen the movie, this is the stopping point. But uh, you know what? Some people don't care if they're spoiled. And I like right? those people. Yeah. But I still am not going to spoil for anybody, just in case they don't want it. Fan Effect Podcast, we're talking Fantastic Beasts, The Secrets of Dumbledore. Now is the time where we're going to dive deeper into the story, give away spoilers. So if you're really concerned, this is your last chance. Get out now because uh, big secret, Grindelwald does not win the election. He wins, but then he doesn't. So I just ruined the whole ending of the movie for you. cheat. Everyone's crying because he's the bad guy. Yeah. He he fakes the little dead deer and then they all find out. And all right, I just spoiled the ending for you. Everything, (laughs) everything. Okay. So having ruined that for everybody who stuck around. All right. Let's set the table here. For Fantastic Beasts, The Secrets of Dumbledore picks up where the uh, Fantastic Beasts Crimes of Grindelwald left off with uh, evil wizard Gellert Grindelwald gaining followers of wizards and witches who'd like to go to war with the non-magical humans of the day. Opposing Grindelwald as his former best friend and as the movie directly references instead of just hints at, apparently more than that, <laughs> Albus Dumbledore. Which we all know. Which but, we knew, yeah. but this is the first time they make mention of it on screen. Unless uh, you're in China, then they cut that out. Oh, well, that wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> But at this point, Dumbledore is nothing more than a teacher. He's not the headmaster. He's just a professor at Hogwarts Academy. Dumbledore, played again by Jude Law, is bound by a magical pact that he and Grindelwald created years ago that physically prevents each one from directly opposing or attacking the other. In this movie, we find out what happens if one of them tries to. Is it, as When Dumbledore does a demonstration, which we're going to have to talk about that because I didn't quite figure out what the little pendant was doing besides digging into the wall. I didn't, but digging into the him. chain was yeah. choking him. Mm-hmm. But I don't know what the pendant was doing, like trying to write something on the wall. I, I, I didn't quite figure out what that was. But at any rate... Uh, when Grindelwald gains followers in his in the magical world, including some characters who were on the good side in the first two movies, Queenie being the main one, Credence, I guess he was never on the good side, but he wasn't on the bad side yet. Yeah, yeah. He was just yeah. really powerful. So Dumbledore is forced to recruit his own allies and ask them to risk their lives to stop Grindelwald's quest. And the first and foremost, of course, Newt Scamander, played again by Eddie Redmayne. Woo-hoo. Newt's an expert in magical creatures, a.k.a. the Fantastic Beasts of the title. And he's been Dumbledore's most important helper so far in the movie series. This time, he and his brother Theseus are joined by some other powerful witches and wizards and our non-magical favorite guy, Jacob Kowalski. But because Grindelwald has gained the ability to see the future, which is we'll talk about that as we talk about some of the Fantastic Beasts, the team is tasked with a dangerous mission that none of them fully understand, but nevertheless have to trust in Dumbledore's plan. So, 
That's the story setup. We start the movie. We find out that Grindelwald and uh, Dumbledore were more than friends back in the day. Yep. I loved it. I wrote, so at one point Dumbledore tells him, he's like, I was in love with you. I'm like, yes, outright said it. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It, it's only been hinted at up until now. Wasn't it now hinted? It's... It always was like close friend in, in his youth and stuff in the books. But And then Dumbledore admits like, it was a moment of passion that we did this mm-hmm. and I regret doing mm-hmm. this blood. The blood oath pact, blood oath, whatever yes. it is. Oh. Actually, it's probably got a name, but I don't know what it is. And I'm too lazy to look it up. <laughs> but it's a little locket that looks like uh, a spinning die from uh, from Inception. It kind of does. <laughs> what if they haven't seen Inception? The now you oh have my to... gosh! I, I just still haven't a key seen point. it. A spinning die, <laughs> a top, a little. Any rate, sorry, sorry, humanity for Andy's spoilers. I haven't seen it, but I've seen enough spoilers over time that I. I, I That's right. There's some movies when you finally see them, you'll realize you've seen them all. You just didn't know it because Mm -hmm. all these other things spoofed them, and Mm -hmm. you just Mm -hmm. didn't know they were referencing it. Okay, so they they meet. Dumbledore gives uh, Grindelwald one last chance to back out of his uh, his quest for domination, and says there's a better way. Grindelwald says, "Um, this was your way. Let's not forget. There was a time where you were just as convinced of this as I was." Mm-hmm. And he's yeah. like, "Yeah, I was kind of swept up in the passion of a lot of things and Being said some young. crazy stuff that I didn't mm-hmm. necessarily mean." And but, I, but we also know, and I'll hear that for just a second. <laughs> but, okay, go ahead. No, I was gonna say because when I was watching it, I was like, "Would would there have been a point in Dumbledore's life where he absolutely hated Muggles that much?" And then you re- realize that that Muggles actually like tortured his little his sister, sister. Mm-hmm. and so i was like okay that he has he has a reason to really dislike muggles but and, and just like all of us when we get to a certain point in life we we are faced with bullies adversity things like that we might interpret it as hate when we were younger but as you get older you you calm down a bit and yeah able to accept Where grindelwald apparently did not grindelwald did not because his was more of a um what's the what's the narcissistic he has a slytherin approach to yeah, yeah 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 <laughs> Well, one thing, too, is not all people who think this way, I think, initially are just doing it out of a place of hatred. Some are literally just doing it out of a place of superiority. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Dumbledore was a really talented wizard from a really powerful magical family, and that's an easy thing to get caught up in. So when you're making these plans, um, I, I guess it depends. I, I believe the the muggle stuff with his sister happened after they had talked about world, I, I, I'd have to go back and read. Probably around the same time. But it, yeah. it was in a similar time frame. But part of it was they were talking about their own talent and their own superiority and how, you know, we have this power. We ought to use it. We ought to harness it to, like, run the world the way it ought to be run since we have it. Well, and just like it's any good villain, common... their motivation comes from what is they solely see as something good. <laughs> yep. It's a, it's a right. Thanos thing. Mm-hmm. People don't think they're doing bad generally. Sometimes they do, but a lot of people do bad in the name of what they what see they to be a greater good. Mm-hmm. And that's why you see Queenie at the end where she's like, we can get married if Yay! Grindelwald and your party's like, no, oh. you can't. <laughs> don't you, didn't you just listen to him? And don't justify the means. But yeah, it's, you know, when there's that cause that's greater than, you know, everything else around you, you're willing to sacrifice anything mm-hmm. to make mm-hmm. it happen. And that's the scariest part about Grindelwald is he solely believes that he is right. Which was so interesting because they also paired it along with what else was going along in the Muggle wor- world at the same time. You know, it, it was very much the same time frame of World War Two uh, about to start and all sorts of craziness happening between the different world wars and even right now in our society of for and against. So it was it was interesting to see that, that build in there of, um, of hatred. I don't know what else to say. There will be some yeah. people who will be like, oh, they're just trying to make a comment on today's world. Yeah, it's also yesterday's world and yesterday's world. J.K. Rowling really likes to dip her toe into those type of things. If the shoe fits, though, I mean, Mm -hmm. you wouldn't recognize it if there wasn't something familiar about it. Yup. So they have a lunch. They realize we're not going to be able to resolve this without doing what we're already doing. And uh, then we jump to Newt, Scamander, scrambling through the woods. And we don't know why until we find out he's watching the birth of a magical creature. Oh. Uh, We don't know. I mean... Did anybody? Do, I mean, we had to look up what the name was. Yeah, I don't think there was any reference to this before. So we don't know what it is, and, and again, this is part of the fun. It wasn't like people on the in the audience were like, "Oh, look, it's a killing. It's oh, yeah. I know what it does." We all had to find out together, which meant they didn't tell us exactly at first. We just, in fact, we didn't even know that it was giving birth until it gave birth, and you're like, "Oh, look, there's a baby version of it," and then. <laughs> All of a sudden, some of Grindelwald's so followers show up, and we don't know why, but they're chasing Newt. Credence uh, shows up. Mm-hmm. And then eventually they take, uh, they kill the mother. Oh, my gosh. That was so Which sad. was so dark. 
And then they take the baby and, you know, Newt doing his best to save the baby, but he can't. He gets hit from behind by a spell. They take the baby. One versus four. And then mm-hmm. we go back and he finds out there's a second one. That there were he, twins. That, that, that apparently that the Credence and his team missed. So Very convenient. Yeah, it works out great. It works out really well. So now we have two of these Quillins or Killins or Cat. I don't remember. Colin, I don't know how they pronounce it. I can't remember. At any rate. I think it was Chillin because I I wrote down CH when I was. Yeah, that's fine. And it's from a Chinese order, so Chillin sounds right. So now we don't know what these things do, but we know that they were important enough that Newt was going. Mm-hmm. I, I totally my thought, first thought was Newt's just there to help have a baby because he's like, oh, this doesn't happen. Yeah, very it's often. a magical creature. Yeah. I want to be here for my book. But it no, turns much out that they meaning. carry a much deeper meaning, a greater meaning in the. They call it the uh, Asian unicorn, I believe. In uh, one of the, it's also known as the Asian unicorn. Cool. But it's funny to read what's been published. Like I, I was looking at something from Screen Rant. They hadn't seen the movie when they published this. They just based it off what they saw in the trailers. But mm-hmm. they're like, well, maybe it does this, and maybe it does the. What apparently it does is it has the ability to see the future and it has the ability to see inside your uh, soul. Your soul. So <laughs> they used a killin, a chill, a chillin. I don't know. They they used to use it to pick who would lead the magical world. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. They would it would it would bow before the one that had a pure soul, and so which was fun know, to but learn. They, there weren't very many of them left, so they had to go to elections instead. And uh, but you know we learned that later in the movie. What we find out now is that as soon as uh, Grindelwald has it. He kills it. That was like, like the oh right okay then and there. Yeah, it's like that was I heartbroken. Well, I thought of for a moment he's like he just didn't want it to be a part of the election, so he just see that's right? what I thought too. It. I thought that was a well, but, and I'm, that's again because none of us know what it is. That's the fun. But that then we cool learned how it unveiled it, they unfurled it over time yep. instead of telling you right at the birth of it, which, which is cool. Is also interesting. Oh, twin. Oh. There's a second one. We didn't say that. Yes, we did. Yeah, we did. Okay. <laughs> I was Where have you been? Kellyanne, welcome. We're talking about Fantastic Beasts, the uh, secret. I don't know where. <laughs> but I think it's interesting the way between um, Newt treats the baby chillin' and the way that Grindelwald uh, treats it, because Grindelwald just sees it as an object. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he ov- obviously kills it because its blood helps him see the future, mm-hmm. but we also know he's just going to use it as an item where Newt, like, takes care of it and makes sure it's... Right. And Dumbledore, like, doesn't, you know, it- knows that Newt is going to take care of it, and so is... um. His well, but what we have to infer then from the story Jane. is that no, Dumbledore... The one that helps him in the suitcase. What's her name? Oh, Dottie? Or what's her name? Are you talking about his, his assistant? His assistant. It's like... His assistant is uh, Bunty Broadacre. Bunty. Yeah. She's great. Anyway, okay, you can keep talking. Well, no, no, no. I was just going to say <laughs> we have to infer that um, they didn't expect there to be a twin. Mm-hmm. So the importance was getting the original chillin'. Mm-hmm. Uh, we assume oh. it's because Dumbledore saw that the election was going to be necessary. Um, what we don't know is if they knew that the Grindelwald people would be coming after it. Because mm-hmm. it did seem like Scamander was a little surprised by that. But yeah. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't have sent him by himself of that if they knew that would happen. So we've got that. Anyway, now Grindelwald has the ability to see the future uh, to a limited extent. Obviously, he can't see exactly, but he can see what plots and different things are going against him. Which means that Dumbledore now has to enact a plot in which nobody can know the whole story. Um, he's got the advantage that Grindelwald can't move directly against him. Of course, he'll have to use someone like Credence, which in the trailer you see the, the part of the big fight that they have. Yeah, yeah. Um, but they also – all the people in, involved in the plot have to trust Dumbledore because he's not going to tell him everything because he can't tell him everything. In part because Queenie can read their minds mm-hmm. and in part because – they had and they explain it. They have to do five things at once so that Grindelwald doesn't know which one matters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, Grindelwald will know some of those things are irrelevant to the whole end game, but he can't know which one. And so there's a lot of randomness, which is fun. I mean, that's the puzzle for us to watch as we watch the movie. We don't know what's going on either. Yeah. Well, on top of that, they have it set up that Credence is going to kill Dumbledore. Is is what they're what he's trying to do. So not only are they trying to evade. Uh, Grindelwald and, and all this stuff and confuse him. It, you also have all this peril of, oh my gosh, he's going to go after Dumbledore and he you know, he has the obscura and the uncontrolled crazy magic and everything going on in the layer of familiar connections, which I'm sure you're about to get to. But I think it's a lot of fun too, the whole trusting Dumbledore thing. It's also a callback to Harry Potter because mm-hmm. Harry, Hermione, Ron, Dumbledore asks them to do things. They don't Exactly know why. And so I feel like even as like you're watching it. And they don't really complain about it, though, till the sixth and seventh book. It's really the seventh book when they kind of were like, 
why didn't you tell him earlier? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that even as a fan, when that happens, as you're watching the show, you're like, can, like, does Dumbledore know what he's doing type of thing? Just because we've seen it. We've seen it in the the Harry Potter film. So now you're watching this. I mean, like, can we trust Dumbledore to know what he's doing again? Because he is just human. Like, Mm -hmm. we saw him get injured in the sixth and seventh movies. We've seen him make mistakes and we've seen him make more. Mm -hmm. Yep. We live in the information age. And I think we get impatient when we can't find out all the things that we want to know right in the moment. (laughs) What? Mm -hmm. No, I know. But I think that that's part of the fun of the Harry Potter world is... You don't get to know all that stuff. So we, we go through it kind of from Harry's perspective in the first, you know, in the first series, the, the, the seven book series. And that was some of the fun and some of the great storytelling magic that J.K. Rowling did was she got you thinking one way and then she could reveal something else. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, no way. And then you go back and like, shoot. Right. And that's fun. We wanted to know all the things. We're in the same boat right now. We want to know all the things. Well, why can't we just know the whole plot? Well, yeah, we're going to watch the story and, and have it unfold. But there's still that part of us that's itching inside because we can get information everywhere else. Yeah. Before we, you see the big movie that you've been waiting for, before we go see Doctor Strange in the moment, yeah. oh, matter, I'm so do we want to know everything? Yes. <laughs> of course we want to know everything, but we also want to be 100% surprised. It's this constant yin and yang that we fight in ourselves by living in the information age. So having everybody not know what's going on, that's fun. That's part of the fun of watching mm-hmm. the story. We don't know either. And then so having we're the, in the story too. Oh, we're yeah, probably not yeah. getting there by like when there's no book them the that tells us what the end is already so we can't just watch the thing. Oh yeah, but that's you know what's I'm so excited to see this the second time because I want to see all those things come now together now that yeah. I can see it. Now. I just got chills again. <laughs> and and that's, that's a mark of a good movie when it makes you want to see it again so that you can see all the stuff that you missed the first time. Exactly. Okay, so to speed things up a little bit, We've got Theseus and Newt's commander are sent, uh, and Jacob, and I'm trying to remember what her name, Bunty's there. Bunty and Dr. Yusuf Hicks. Yusuf Kama. Uh, Lally Hicks. Lally Hicks. Okay. And she's the Chimes Professor. Yeah. So uh, she Il- was really cool, too. Ilvermori. Yeah. Il-Vermori. I want, I I want to learn track. more about her, too. Yes. I hope I wanted to know. And that's she what I want. I want so her to good. be. But yeah. remember, we're running out of people who can be in mortal peril, so she's going to have to be one of them. Oh, I'll be okay. Jacob I've, and I've Queenie are going to have to are also one of them. Mm-hmm. They could die together. Who knows? But they make you love him enough they that they could in kill this him. Movie. So, uh, any rate, Jacob is still heartworn. He doesn't want to be part of it. Um, mm-hmm. Professor uh, Hicks. This poor bakery at the time. So yeah, Professor Hicks proves that uh, he's a good guy at heart mm-hmm. by. She sits out there and just like waits to get mugged, essentially. <laughs> and he comes out to stop. But I, she I, staged I it. She staged the mugging. <laughs> Anyway, so she recruits Jacob. He gets handed a wand that has no core, so it oh. doesn't work. But it looks like a wand. Which Another is like wand I need to add to my collection. I'm so proud of him. He was so excited. Fantasy is to be given a wand and go to Hogwarts from and that's Dumbledore. What he gets to do. From freaking Dumbledore, which is what you're saying. Yeah. Like we lived through Jacob in this one so much more. Like, yeah, so he's magic. just he, and the way he reacts to things. Like that's how we react. Like, oh, that's really cool. Or like, oh no, I don't want to do that. And the like unbridled excitement when he learns more magic stuff. Like everyone else is like. This is every day, but he's like, oh my gosh, I, did I just see that? I'm like, oh, loved it. Yeah, if I were a Hogwarts student, I'd be more like Hermione. I mean, like, why wouldn't you want to learn everything <laughs> you can? I know, right? Like, why are you complaining about homework? Your homework is about magic. Because you grew up with all that stuff and but you're she spoiled. didn't. And they neither did Harry. And he was lazy. Yeah, Harry's his own thing, though. Harry didn't. Harry didn't grow up in the world. He's not entitled like everybody else was. I know, but he still should be excited about learning magic. Sorry, we're going off on a tangent. (laughs) Jacob is excited about learning magic, and he gets the wand. And so they get sent off to do different things. They send... they send uh, what? Uh, I'm trying to remember him. No, I have his name right here. I got to keep scrolling back up and down. Yusuf. Yusuf, yeah, Yusuf, comma. They send him directly to Grindelwald. Be a spy. To either be a spy, but then it also realizes like he really does. He's a pureblood, so he and has every reason to join Grindelwald. His sister being killed, mm-hmm. and um, and of course, you know, you assume Dumbledore knew this, knowing yeah. that this is what's going to happen. And um, you've got Bunty just disappears. <laughs> She's obviously got a torch for uh, for Newt. Oh, totally. Oh, yeah. Well, who doesn't? Eddie Redmayne's adorable. He's adorably cute. <sighs> And he just is honest. Yes. So that's like the best part about him. He's just completely Those adorably honest. cute, quiet guys. I know. Theseus gets sent and the hair. To, to the ministry the hair. of Theseus magic. Theseus is pretty hot too. Those, those, those Scamanders, man. Good blood. <laughs> Sorry. You were two girls this time. That's all right. But yeah, I know. It was fun to see Theseus and Newt kind of like. Gush away, ladies. Become, become better brothers through this whole movie too. Yes, yes, Because, yes. you know, the early films, he's like, Newt, like. 
you can just like chill a little bit, like just follow the plan. And it's like, no, I don't like the government. Well, Theseus goes to the ministry in Berlin and finds out that an election's taking place to lead the entire world. Uh, there is an interesting thing as I was reading up, but uh, they were originally going to have the election take place in Brazil. Oh, cool. uh, and that oh. was the lady, the one, uh, Santos, the, the, yeah, the yeah. woman minister candidate was uh, is Brazilian. But um, at least we get a peek at the Brazilian. I think, the, I think it was because of COVID that they couldn't film there. Oh, I dang. think was the main reason. But at any rate, uh, we find out there's an election going on, and then suddenly Grindelwald is cleared by the Magical Council of all the crimes that he committed in the second movie that were so bad that they named the movie "The Crimes of Grindelwald." Yet somehow, not a crime. But still, is kind of crazy when you're when you're watching this, and Dumbledore has to tell like the Chancellor of Germany, like you know, choose between what is right and what is easy, which is a callback to another Dumbledore quote in the Harry Mm -hmm. Potter films. And then from then on, when the Chancellor decides to like just to clear him, all of a sudden, for me, you didn't know who you could trust now. But then a moment of there's a moment of like, well, you're not supposed to know the future, so maybe that was like what was supposed to supposed to happen. Because I feel like the easy thing would have been to have cleared. I mean, to not have cleared Grindelwald because obviously some people don't like him. Well, and, no, the, but not this is why him, it wasn't though. easy. Was be, and this is what he talked about is he's like, he's like, if Grindelwald shouldn't get elected, then we should let the people have their voice. Because if you take away their voice, then they're going to riot no matter what. So, you know, let's hope that there's more sanity in the wizarding world than just Grindelwald's followers. Um, and, you know, he's right but that, I think, was the right and what's easiest. It's like, don't clear the guy. There's witnesses that he did the crimes. Yeah. He did the crimes. And they can gripe and complain all they want. But, you know, crime is he, crime. he did the things that they say he did. So he yeah. gets allowed to be elected. He's carried in by the people. Like He gets uh, out of the car and just like, loves basking in the glory. Exactly. Of, and he, uh, the whole he time is. he's using the dead children's blood and everything in order to, to figure out more of Basically killing it and bringing it back to life Bring it, over oh, and over and over so again. so creepy. When he's in the pool and he's, oh my goodness. Because well, he had to brainwash it so it would do the thing that he needed it to do later. But So yeah. manipulative. It's wolf in sheep's clothing. But it's, yeah, that scene was pretty creepy. And also was very Cold War feeling when they go into Germany too with the flags of the candidates. Yeah. and World uh, War Two. Well, I know, but I felt like it's a very both. Cold War feeling because R- Russia feelings when I like watched that scene. Yeah, yeah but yeah. it was very, very, yeah, I, well, no, like I a very Nazi feeling and those kinds of yeah. things. Yeah, yeah, very yeah, Nazi the feeling type of things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we get uh, everybody goes their separate ways. Theseus gets captured and hung in a Berlin jail. It's uh, guarded by a blast and definitely the funniest part. The Geppetto-looking guy there. Yeah, that that was definitely that. That scene was so funny, and they had to make it funny it. because it was also like the darkest scene because all these guys are dying. That's <laughs> such a good them. point, right? But and, yeah. and that's what they had missed in the first one was the comedy hand in hand with the peril. Yeah. Oh, I mean the second one. I mean, oh, because you're fantastic. watching these guys, guys dying, going, oh, but then Newt is walking like a crab with his brother. When their light and the goes out. Their light goes out. The little maggot light. Oh my goodness! And it was so cool to see the return of a of a scoot. Um, blessed blessed scroot. Scroot. Yeah. That's what it is. The giant scroot, which you don't see all the way, which is what makes it terrifying just like in jaws yeah exactly it's like a countdown to your see, death it always goes back to jaws for you it always Star goes Wars back to jaws for me, for me. i'm we sorry we have our things that it oh, always goes back I need to, to go back to marvel i need to go see the musical <laughs> <laughs> so any rate plot happens plot happens nobody knows exactly what's going on we get to see the room of requirements uh which is everyone's takes like them to their destination <laughs> yep there wasn't much beyond that jacob gets to go and hang out at lunchtime at uh, hogwarts for a day he has the assassination attempt too which he got at well, right, like but that was, was after magic. they got sent to their different. To this this happened before he got sent to the assassination time, and of course, uh, Pally or uh, um, Professor Hicks, Lally Hicks, uh, she enchants things so it looks like Jacob's doing all this stuff with his wand <laughs> to the point that he thinks like, "Hey, I'm really doing this." But it's also a great scene because you get to see that Queenie is still like in love with Jacob. Oh, she like tries to help him as much as she can. Mm-hmm. Without yep. getting herself hurt and him hurt. And the special effects and the magic fight there, like, that was really fun. Like, when you already have seen so many cool magic happening in these different series, it's really interesting that they can still come up with unique, new, fun, interesting ways to have a fight, to, to show off this magic. So I, that was well, really cool. Well, and special yeah. effects has come a long way since oh, the first yeah. Harry Potter movie. I mean, oh, some yeah. of the first Harry Potter movies still fun to watch because... It looks more like like real things are doing real things, but more practical. it looks way better when stuff's like flying around. You know, you got those cool murals on the wall that are almost living. How about this uh, the the spell that cast the guy into the wall? So it's, that was like so a cool. That's a really interesting one. Yeah. 
got to see a lot of cool stuff. We've seen that, that it's come a long way. It all converges on the election day itself. You assume Grindelwald, uh, you know, at some point in all of this, we find out that Credence is dying mm-hmm. from his Obscurus, and he's apparently much closer to the end. Just uh, like their little and sister. he knows he's a Dumbledore, and you know that he's talking to Aberforth through he, the mirror. Right. And Aberforth is the father and everything there. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's mm-hmm. that was but the one thing I was I like, I thought cool. at first it was all part of Grindelwald's thing, like, yeah, talk to him and, like, get in on the inn. But it, it, apparently, it, it turned it, out it was legit, mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. The, you know, Credence really did have some longings for home and family. But he's sent... To try to kill Dumbledore, a pretty awesome battle ensues between the two of them in which that really kind of felt like a Doctor Strange fight. I'm that not was a lie. Doctor Strange and Inception type of fight. Yeah, but it was, it was like a, really cool. It was cool, but, you know, Doctor Strange did it first. Right? <laughs> There's your Marvel. Callback. I know, that there was a very Marvelish thing to do, but no, I that was a good scene because, you know... You want the best for Credence and you want him to get out of this slump and right? away from the bad guy because he's just poisoned to Credence. and. Mm-hmm. And you have, you know, the phoenix flying around Credence all the time. And the phoenix well, see, is slowly then, dying. Here's and, the thing. Ezra Miller's in a whole bunch of weird stuff in real life, too. So, like, mm. this movie series can't just seem to have its actors get out of their own way. <laughs> but uh, it comes to the election. We get this really cool scene where each of them has a bag. And you get to play the hider switcheroo who's got the real bag. Mm-hmm. Uh, trying to get the, uh, the chillin' up, for the to, bag. The, no, up to the... You get the get the real chilling up. The competent the, chilling. Yeah, the, the not the one dead that's zombie not like chilling. Zombified, um, to, to make the choice, and uh, you know, we get a battle. We get a satisfying end battle. Grindelwald and Dumbledore duel it out. The curse is broken, so now they can actually move against each other. So we're going to get to see some real stuff. Well, I what? believe the giant duel between them is going to be the end of the series. Yeah, that's because what I'm they've thinking. talked about they talked about that in the Harry Potter books that there was one final giant duel. By the way, does anybody else think it's really cool every time he uses the Elder Wand? You're like, yeah, Elder Wand. I, I know what that yeah. is. I was like, but here it is. I loved the location they had for that. It was like yeah. in the Himalayas, yeah. and, and like yeah. well, he said, like one line was like, it was the source. It was like the source and the root of where all this ma- a lot of magic has Magical been discovered. Knowledge, and I'm like, yeah. okay, now that's a series I want. I want prequel, prequel, way back in time. <laughs> At that Himalayan sanctuary place learning magic so then we can learn it as muggles. There you go. <laughs> and that's what it comes down to. She wants to learn magic as a muggle somehow. <laughs> I never got my owl. Yeah, my, my 11-year-old letter never showed up. <laughs> uh. but I have faith it's going to show up when I'm 35. <laughs> but it was really cool. And I loved that, that kind of wizarding village that they had there. You have the, the cool magic creatures all over. Uh, the setting was really cool. I liked, I like more and more we're getting more international in these films. and Because and, yeah. it's not just a British book. It's everywhere. Um, I'm like, so you know, I would love to see the U.S. Magical School. Oh, my gosh. I'd like to see yes. however she envisions it, however J.K. Rowling envisions it. <laughs> I don't know. She still has no, houses. Probably so much more teen drama in the American school. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> well, I don't think that we would do houses though. in America. There would she be... has that, and I don't like that. I would love to see a 21st century version of the American school and them dealing with cell phones inside <laughs> <laughs> Which is a place. Can you imagine, like, if cell phones were at Hogwarts, how many problems would have been solved? It's well, like... Right? Because they that's the one thing, is they look down their noses on so many muggle technologies, and how easy would it be to look up Nicholas Flamel in a Google search engine? <laughs> a pot, they'd have to, like, rename it to something else, not Google. But Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about this later. We'll, we'll create our own head. No, no, that's, uh, that's actually kind of funny, but uh, when, it so all, when it all wraps up, Jacob and Queenie get married. Teeny, uh, Tina shows back up. Poor Bentina. The whole time, I'm like, where's freaking Tina? Tina she better was be coming. In real life, that's but where she was. Still, <laughs> but the, still, that's the whole like thing. Four year delay here. That's, that's what I'm saying. That the pregnancy complicated a lot of this movie. Yeah. Allison Sudol, who plays Queenie, was pregnant for part of the filming, but not for the other part. Mm-hmm. That's why in some they hide her in the big, thick black cloaks. Mm-hmm. They can't hide her neck getting a little bit thicker. Mm-hmm. Um, but didn't even notice that, but I'm, I'm a woman, so. Well, I always thought she was cute, and I was like, she Rude. doesn't look quite the same as she did before. But at any rate, I thought I said, I wonder if she's pregnant, and they've had to try to work around that. Mm-hmm. And so I looked it up, sure enough. There you go. Well, you um, did with Scarlett Johansson really well. Yeah, that's in the Age the of Ultron. Yeah. And so I, I just, it was a satisfying end. If the series ended right now, after I'd this third okay. movie, it's it's a solid enough ending. Mm-hmm. When we knew Grindelwald was going to survive because he's alive in Harry Potter. So if it ends with him losing the election and just taking a dive backwards off the top of the Himalayas, we know he's not dead, but he's defeated. And it'll be actually interesting to see what they do in the next movie is how does he 
what's his next move after losing his public bid for the election and mm-hmm. being publicly, you know, shot down. Uh, we also find out that um, Dumbledore is certainly capable of leading the entire magical yes. world, which we always yeah, sort of knew. And this just sort of proves well, it. Well, he's hinted before that they, they've asked him to be prime minister of magic and things yeah. like that all the time. So it's, uh, yeah, it was great. Yeah. And it was also very forgiving of himself to be able to to see that he is still worthy, even though he made mistakes in the past, even though he did that blood oath with Grindelwald. Like that, that is very much the theme you were, you were talking about before, Natalie, yeah. of, of um, it's a fixing okay. mistakes that it, you've made in the past. Right? Like we grow as <laughs> yeah, Renew is like, you know, he he says something dishonest but not mean to Dumbledore, and Dumbledore's like, straight up tell me, like, what are you actually thinking? And, mm-hmm. you know, I wrote down the quote, but I did bring it with me, but he's like, it's, you know, it's important at least that you went and tried to fix your mistakes. So, like, we mm-hmm. see Aberforth making amends with his son, and that's the, the mistake that's been Did we see fixed. Aberforth in the last movie? I don't remember. I don't think so. It seemed like he kind of got a reveal in this movie, but yeah. he may have been in the last one. I don't remember. And then you see Queenie, who made her mistake of following Grindelwald, be reunited with Jacob because she worked to fix it and worked to help him. I would say that Queenie following Grindelwald was the one thing that actually made logical sense at the last movie. But um, you're still mad about it. Though. No, I know. I know. <laughs> and I didn't like her going for sure, but it actually, her choice made sense if you put yourself in her shoes yeah. and you can be like... Yeah, I kind of see what you're saying, you know. Which is how radical radicalization happens. Is you- it usually takes people on the yeah. margins. Mm-hmm. She's essentially been shut up in her house because she doesn't know how to. She reads everybody's minds and then comments on it. A little socially awkward. Yeah, love and her. That makes it difficult, but uh, she seems to have had that a little bit more under control by this third movie. Yeah, uh, and by then- even saying like, "I don't even tell him everything that I see." And then you have New and his brother Theseus come closer together as brothers and things like that but then it leaves what i thought was curious is like the last scene after you see the wedding of jacob and queenie in new york is that it focuses on dumbledore a lot and he's just watching them from the from the streets and he's looking inside the bakery Mm -hmm. and i wonder what it is is that dumbledore the one thing he kind of talks about in the movies and in the books a lot is that he wishes he was a better brother and that's one thing he hasn't been able to fix in the past is that he they don't know how his sister who exactly killed his sister. Mm-hmm. He was in the room and so was Grindelwald. But there they was don't, the big fight. The, yeah, that but happened. they don't know like mm-hmm. who killed her and so that's the one mistake that he can't fix. And I feel like that shit's is gonna sit with him and where everyone else has kinda gotten resolved, but he well, has to live with that. And Did right you now where why they he didn't go into the wedding? I did wonder that, but I'm like, that's maybe what he has I to think go do something with Grindelwald. Um, well, and also we we don't know what's going to really happen with Credence. They set it up where Credence is he he is an obscura. He's probably going to die. It's what they're kind of pushing towards. Um, so you have that relationship there. Like that's something that they can possibly explore in the future ones. And He's also, dead, though. Credence didn't die. He didn't Maybe. die. Not his, no, they, they just showed off Aberforth like carrying him over his shoulder. because yeah, because they corrected. And they walking. <laughs> they finally corrected. Always. I always hated Snape's always. Like, no, that was creepy that you always loved Lily or whatnot because she had rejected you and you held it against Harry for all those years and stuff. And and they and when I think um, you misread that relationship. No, I didn't. I didn't. Wait. Which one? He hated Harry because he was just like James and he hated James. Well, it's yeah. both. It's both. It's both. There's a mixture there of both. Like, I don't think Lily would. And he thought he was arrogant. And he was arrogant. But he also <laughs> stuck up for him. Yeah, but still, I hated I hated that everyone, like, says always, and you'll see the posters and stuff like that. Like, no, I don't like that. But here, when Aberforth and um, Dumbledore come to Credence at the end of that fight and he's leaning against the wall, he's like, did you ever think of me? And Aberforth says, always. I underlined it three different times here. I didn't even catch it, that part. Oh, I yeah, caught I it. Got it. You yeah, sure he didn't die. Yeah, I'm sure yeah. He no, did. He didn't at least they never he like ninety percent like to death. That was the whole reason the phoenix was following him around the whole movie. It's because he was they close never to show, death. They never show the death. It's it, okay. Like you, okay. you see him going off, and he, even if he did die there, like it, it might be because it might be the the parallel between the battle ways. <laughs> I got the impression the that his final thing, his final act of life, was to like rejoin the family and not help Grindelwald. I don't know. We'll have to we'll have to watch it closer next time and see. And that's why I, both Natalie yeah. and I think he survived. What's his name was going to Grindelwald was trying to finish the job, but if and he, then 
But I Dumbledore wanna... defended him, but we... then he was just going to die on his own of the obscures, but he's not going to die at the hand well, of Well, we may have gotten the answer. I want to know. I want to go back and watch the movies and read the books because maybe if there is like a mention of Credence somewhere, like whether they go mm-hmm. into the Dumbledore cemetery and see his name. like No, just... they, somebody would have noticed that before now because we've known his name was Credence. We've known he was a Dumbledore But his name is Aurelius, movie. right? Aurelius, didn't they change his name? Yeah, his real name or something. His real name is Aurelius, but his... I guess huh? they changed it to Credence. So, so Dumbledore, Aurelius, what's what's the sister's name? Uh, another A sound. Another A, whatever. <laughs> so <laughs> the, the Potter if, fans listen to this. If like, Credence <laughs> does die, that could be why Aberforth and Dumbledore never patched that relationship. Yeah. It wasn't just the uh, sister. It makes sense. It starts with an A, Albus Aurelius, Aberforth. <laughs> but then... Ariana. Uh, Ariana, that's what it was. Yeah, I think what... Sorry to kind of get off topic. I think where this movie can lead into is like the rise of Death Eaters because Grindelwald's Ooh. followers are basically Death Eaters in a way because they're either purebloods or um, don't like muggles. And that's Voldemort's mm. followers are that way. So I wonder if this is just kind of like Grindelwald kind of fueled the fire. And so now they're looking for another leader. And that's this is kind of like how so Voldemort's, Voldemort's like still years away from being born. I know, but this still like they have that, that fuel coming that. You know, I they, think we're more likely next... to see a Marvolo in the next... Marvello, yeah. Marvolo, whatever, Gaunt mm-hmm. or whatever. I think we're more likely to see the old, old man who was in... Mm-hmm. That was, I guess, that's not his father. That's his grandfather, right? Because his... Yeah. Voldemort's mother was the kid... Who, ha- who had the, who had who the had crush the on the regular guy. <laughs> yeah, well, he had the Slytherin's <laughs> ring. The dad did. Mm-hmm. The, the yeah. old man, Marvolo Gaunt. But yeah, that's. I just think that's where these movies are heading into. I'm just but, like, give me them all. Just I want to keep learning the history and lore. It's like Greek mythology. You dig in so many different ways and so many different angles. Like, yeah, just give me more. Give me more lore. <laughs> yeah, but that's where you end it though, because like how we talked about, we know how it's going to end. So we already know the story of Voldemort mm-hmm. and how you know his family's in his past and things like that. So you'd have to end it right where that story starts to be ready to pick off there. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to though. In fact, I hope they don't. They leave a gap. It doesn't have to. You want it to be like the Star Wars universe now, where we'll you just have, have a gap. not just the movies. You have all these different series. Yeah, leave a gap for their story. There's, even if you never tell the story, at least you know there's some story theoretically possibly mm-hmm. possible in that stretch. But it it was a satisfying movie. I, I just that's all I can think of. You know, to me, Jacob Kowalski. We haven't talked about him extensively, but he is the heart of the movie. Like he's the comedy relief, but he's the heart of the movie. You know, the way Dan Fogler plays him with, like, the genuine sincerity, it's, you know, Dumbledore even comments on it. Mm-hmm. Um, you have a heart. You're almost, I was almost expecting the the chillin' to bow to him. Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> you just love right. him so much. Like, why not? Why not? <laughs> exactly. I actually, Dan Fogler, I love in almost, I, I can't think of a thing I've seen him in that I didn't like. He played a recurring role on the Goldbergs as yeah. uh, the kid's uncle. And every episode that he was in is one of the funniest episodes of every season. Uh, he was in Fanboys, the movie, which uh, he drives the the Winnebago that's like the Millennium Falcon van. Actually, it's not a Winnebago. It's just a van that he souped up with Star Wars stuff. He's the one who starts the fight at the Kirk statue in Iowa, backs over it with his van. Uh, he's just I, – I really like the roles that he's in. And in this one, he's perfect as as our entry point. He is mm-hmm. our entry point. He's the non-magical guy among all the wizards. And he says the things on screen that we're thinking in the audience, like, oh, that's so cool. Or, whoa, if I got a wand, <laughs> I'd be just like him. Can I keep this? <laughs> I want Dumbledore to give me a wand. And I, I just think that it that this series doesn't work without him. I think that Mm-mm. I think that he, his love for Queenie, you know, just when he sees her the first time and he almost goes into a trance, like, this is, this is good stuff. Uh, it's what we watch movies for is for stuff mm-hmm. like that. He, he provides some of the soap opera that helps make the story more interesting and more layered. And so I think his role is as important in the next two movies as as Dumbledore's. I mean, we know Dumbledore's going to survive. We know Dumbledore's a great wizard. We know where Dumbledore's going to end up, but we don't know where Queenie and Jacob Mm-mm. are going to end up. We don't know. I mean, we don't. We haven't read yet, but we haven't heard of any particular heroics or death. You know, that's one thing they can do is uh, when they finish telling a story, they could have some heroic thing and then they all have to make a pact that they can't ever tell about it. And so that's oh, why it's not in any of the future. It's just a, a quiet nod on the street that you know each other. Marvel did a trick in the comic books with a character they named Sentry and he's essentially Superman. Yeah. He's like, but they, they, they create this character who's as powerful as Superman and they introduce him in like the late 2000s. 
And they're like, oh, but he was here all along. And then they have a whole bunch of classic art that they've written and designed in the style of the Marvel comics from the 60s and 70s and like Jack Kirby era art. And his characters like interacting with all the old characters and they're like, oh, and it just turned out that he he was so powerful that there was this villain called the Void and because of whatever, he had to sacrifice himself and Professor X had to mind wipe everyone in the Marvel Universe <laughs> so that they didn't remember him. And that's how he could show up now. But he's actually been there all along. <laughs> what is it? The, the time authority? That's an elaborate thing. <laughs> What's yeah. the Loki time authority? The time yeah. variance. You've got to get everything back together. Oh, to the time variance. Oh, we still haven't talked about that. But I'm dying uh, but here. But that's it's something so that they can do. They can do. I mean, we know that there's mind wipe charms. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the poor guy, the... The one whose sister died, Yusuf Kama, had to give oh. away the memory of his sister. Pulled it out. I hope he gets that back. I hope. I hope like it's, Dumbledore protected what it. What I or hoped something. was that he'd given away a couple to Dumbledore before he left. That's what I'm thinking. And, then and maybe Dumbledore he can replaced give the it. last one, mm-hmm. and then he can go get it back later. But he's one of the best. But it also Dumbledore. makes you think. That whole scene made me think because he's like, "I'll take away this terrible memory." But don't you like so many people? So many people that. want to take away those terrible memories, but once that terrible memory is gone, like. Star Trek Five. That's the plot of Star Trek Five. <laughs> Spock's brother. Man, Picard's taken. No, no, Star it's not Trek Picard. Four. No, Picard has taken the, the story of Star Trek Four, yeah, and now you have bit. this one. So anyway, sorry. No, but that was this whole thing. He gained Everything followers. is Star Trek. This is how Cyborg Spock's half brother. Star Wars, brother, Harry Potter, Star Trek, Marvel. Spock's half brother gained followers by going in, and he used the mind meld, and he'd take away their most traumatic memory so that they could have peace. Mm-hmm. And so then they started following him. Even Doctor McCoy at some point does, yeah. and Kirk's I, like, I don't want to get rid of it. He's like. All of my pain, I need the pain. That's how I make choices. Like that, That's where I've learned my lessons I and mean, stuff like that. I love how this is working out. And, you know, Dumbledore had the same thing. He could have kind of just forgotten the the problems of his past, the darkness of his past, the issues of uh, bonding with uh, Grindelwald and, and the death of his sister. But he chose instead to face his fears instead of hide them, to face his wrongs instead of hide them. And he became a better person because of it. There. I love Excellent. it. Excellent. A little bow there. <laughs> Well, I guess we're done then. <laughs> Just kidding. Be a better Go person, everyone. Go see it. <laughs> no, but that does seem like a good place to wrap it up. We we liked the movie a lot. We're excited to see it again. Um, Cinemag. I really think that it shows how good J.K. Rowling is as a storyteller, mm-hmm. laying aside anything else you may think about her personally or you know her real world views. I do think she's really good at creating a you know a multi-layered world a world yeah. that look that thousands and thousands of people like to live in and enjoy and imagine and wish they could be part of and mm. uh you know those make this... the best books and the best movies right yeah we allow star the... wars yeah. narnia when it's worlds we, we pick yeah. it up and we love it and we make it our own and you wish you just were inserted mm. in there somewhere i do want to say like i love this movie so much i actually forgot i was watching it more of a critic oli than just enjoying it and i literally had to lean over to andy afterwards and be like was that a good movie or am I just a Harry Potter fan? And you were like, yes, it was good. I enjoyed it too. So I just, I had to throw that in I can there. watch it with a better critical eye. No, I, I can do a pretty good job of deciding, hey, I'm liking this. Why am I liking it? Oh, okay, See, okay. I was so caught up and I'm like, oh, wait a second. I'm supposed to be thinking about this film a little more. And it was a little long, but it didn't feel that long. I mean, it was yeah, only no, two hours. Yeah, it was two hours, 22 minutes. So the longest Fantastic Beast. But we're kind of demanding more and more longer movies now. <laughs> if so. a movie is shorter than two hours, it's probably crap. But we're like, oh, come on. We want <laughs> oh, our money. Really? Yeah. I invite you to go watch worth. a recent Saturday Night Live sketch where they talk about uh, length of movies versus quality of movies. It was really, really funny. Oh, how, like re- how recent? Video oh no, I love the short like, movies. Still, I just most like, people uh, like when this you classic s- movie. When I see it's going to be seven minutes, <laughs> this and then it's like some garbage movie. Two hundred and twenty. Well, yeah, but then you go back to like Gone with the Wind, where you needed a little, literal oh my gosh. information. Or like I loved the Batman, but there were parts in that movie that dragged. Yeah, for yeah. sure. That so. was my yeah. But this one, I didn't feel like it dragged. No, not no. at all. And the music was fantastic. James Newton Howard is my favorite composer. Oh, so good. He did a great and job of taking John Williams' music into John a Williams new one. Themes too, and the exactly. cinematography was beautiful. I, I loved the special effects, the costumes. <gasps> I'm still amazed by Eddie Redmayne's acting as Snoot Scamander and having sort of that bit of autism where he can't, he doesn't like look at people and mm-hmm. things like that. Oh, how endearing is that? I love that. As someone who's like neurodivergent and a little awkward like it makes me so happy to see people like that having be part of the characters 
positive qualities of it, uh, a big role on a screen, having the character. I, I love it. And just him and his brother doing the, the we're, doing you the can't see us, we're doing he the crab Jimmy Fallon lobster dance. Like he last did? week, yes. yes. Swivel the hips more, swivel the hips more. Swivel the hips delicately. I'm swiveling, I'm swiveling. Do it delicately. <laughs> and that, you know, being able to incorporate the beasts into the movie, having mm-hmm. them actually play an important role. We between- got more picket. I love Pickett. He's on my desk. We well, got, we got. Um, I, I just call him Green Groot. I mean, he's like <laughs> green. He's, he's like baby he's Groot. He is Groot. Well, they, they had the Niffler. I think his name is Larry, or they gave him a name or something in it. So, yeah, we but had. They played a key bit roles, and they, you know, they weren't just there. Oh, look, we got to have a magical creature. Look, that flying unicorn just went by. All right, let's get back to the story. But they <laughs> like played key roles, and they did key things in that. Which very much a, a happens series in series called Fantastic yep. Beasts. You got to have Fantastic Beasts play a key role. So. A solid effort, you know. I I think I gave it like three, three and a half out of four stars uh, because I just enjoyed it a lot, and I was looking at it as a fan of the series and of the thing. I don't know if this is where you jump in if you've never seen or read a Harry Potter book, nah, no. but there's plenty uh, to to get you going before you see this. But for fans, which there are lots of. Mm-hmm. That, this movie's for Harry Potter fans to learn more about Dumbledore. But normal right? person would like it too. Yeah, take yeah. away your hesitation. Try to convince your friends. Like, don't be hesitant. Just go see this one. It, it feels a lot more like the kind of movie that you wanted to go see in the first place. Right. Yeah. Right. Awesome. Well, magic. Amen. It returns the magic. Thank you guys for being here as we talked Fantastic Beasts, Secrets of Dumbledore. Thanks again to Natalie Molinet, our regular correspondent guest. Remember, you can check out her blog at... Pop knowledge, blogspot.popknowledge.com or follow me on Instagram at popknowledge. All right. She has a check mark. She's... Official. Oh, wow. Fancy. How do you even get that? I don't even know. I don't oh, wait, know. Instagram I have one. just I got said, hey. <laughs> <laughs> you sound official enough. <laughs> so official. I wear a, a suit coat. <laughs> and Kellyanne Alverson. Thank you, Kellyanne. I know this is your uh, this is your wheelhouse. This so is my it's, wheelhouse. Been, it's been fun to have your energy. This in DC Comics. Enjoyment. Warner Brothers hire me. Well, don't forget. <laughs> Guys, uh, thanks for listening to this episode of Fan Effect, the KSL News Radio podcast. Beyond sci fi, fantasy, gaming, and tech, we're excited to share with you our knowledge and arguments on everything pop culture and fandom. We're based in the beautiful Beehive State of Utah. Fan Effect celebrates Utah's unique fan culture, and we're excited to bring you local guests that feel the same way. I'm Andy Farnsworth, Kellyanne Halverson, Natalie Hello. Molinay. Listen regularly on your favorite platform at KSLNewsRadio.com or on the KSL News Radio app. If you have a fun idea or a local fan culture topic you'd like us to explore, let us know by messaging our Facebook page, Fan Effect Show, that's E-F-F-E-C-T, where you can also get latest nerdly updates and join the conversation and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Fan Effect Show as well. Thanks for listening and hope to have you back real soon for another episode of Fan Effect.